Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The official word out of the Pentagon, this is from John Kirby's own Twitter feed, we can confirm an explosion outside the Kabul airport. Casualties are unclear at this time. We'll provide additional details while we can. All your press outlets are are uh, saying there was an explosion outside the Kabul airport. It'll take a long time to nail down uh, what this was, but this could be the moment that a lot of us were fearing all along when when a terrorist attack happens in that crowd of people. Oh, boy. I hope not, but it certainly could be. Yeah, we'll stay on it and bring you the details as they emerge. Wasn't that the uh, most likely thing to happen all along? Oh, yeah. This is I, not surprising I, I, I in any way. B- I couldn't believe how peaceful, relatively, that's probably a poor term when uh, the Taliban is beating people and their crushings and the rest of it, but it hadn't gone completely to S yeah, these, uh, for these, a very long time. Yeah, these are a whole bunch of different groups of people that will walk into a mosque when it's the most crowded and blow it up to kill the most unbelievers, or a market on a Saturday morning, or a wedding, or whatever. That That's what they do. They slaughter innocents when they're gathered together. So if we'd gone through this whole process without ISIS or Taliban or whoever else, Wanting to slaughter a whole bunch of people in a group like this, it would have been the, the, the it would have been more amazing than this. It would have been how did that happen? Wow, what kind of deal did we make? Um, so now uh, there's been some sort of explosion. Hopefully, it's not horrific, but it, it, you know, might not be the last one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, stay tuned. We've got more on that, more on the Brandeis University list of no-no words, which has grown and grown more ridiculous. Uh, we have the, uh, oh, supply chain interruptions. McDonald's is out of milkshakes. What? Not in the United States, thank God. But oh. the, the special relationship. I haven't had the, a McDonald's uh, milkshake in many, many years. And I'm not above that sort of thing, as you all know. Certainly not. Uh, if I was going to have a milkshake, it would not be the right. Scottish clowns. Right, exactly. If I'm going to go ahead and be milkshake guy, um, it's not going to be from freaking McDonald's. Of course, you'd think mis- that about hamburgers, too, and I eat their burgers. The mysterious non-melting milkshake. Well, non-decaying hamburgers are every bit as frightening. Anyway, uh, so uh, economic story of note, the great resignation is here. This, Oddly enough, this was predicted by a Texas A&M uh, professor, instructor, um, a mass voluntary exodus from the workforce. But uh, according to the U.S. Department of Labor, during the months of April, May, and June of this year, a total of 11.5 million workers quit their jobs. Recent studies indicate it's likely not over. A survey of tens of thousands of workers uh, conducted by Microsoft found that 41% are considering quitting. If it's Generation Z, it's 54%, which I remember we were talked about. Well, when you're young, you have crappy jobs, yep. and you're constantly thinking you'd like to quit. Yep. It's just universally true. But they found that 48% of employees are actively searching for new opportunities, a different survey reported 38% of those surveyed plan to make a change in the next six months. And uh, Inc., in their article on these uh, these surveys and numbers, says the cost of any turnover is expensive. For any organization to lose even a third of its workforce would be downright devastating. And the impact on small and medium enterprises, where a department of one human is not unusual, will be especially severe. Um, not shocking. Uh, survey conducted by LinkedIn. 
three quarters of those surveyed indicated that the time spent at home, and we've talked about this before, either during the shutdown, working remotely, got laid off, whatever, caused them to rethink their current work situation, their current life choices. Yeah. Um, it's another, it, it hurried along things that were already happening. Uh, we've been saying that for a year and a half now. It hurried along trends that were already occurring. There, there was already a trend toward, you know, how many people can work from home as opposed to come into the office, how much, that sort of thing. Um, and also the relationship between uh, companies and their employees, which has been changing over the years. My dad worked for like three different companies his whole life. You know, back in the day, a lot of people worked for one company their whole life. Uh, and you felt felt somewhat loyal to that company, and uh, the idea of leaving just wasn't really on the table. Now it's a uh, it's a you know every day it's up in the air as to whether or not you come or go, or whether or not they fire you, and it's just a race between the two of you. <laughs> right, right. Will they fire me before my boss quits? Uh, you know, it occurs to me, my dad. You know, if you don't count the United States Air Force, worked for two companies his adult life. Yeah. Which is amazing. Uh, anyway, I, I think even bigger than accelerating trends, I just think so much of life, and, and it's more true of some than others, so much of life is inertia. You're on a track, so you stay on that track. It, it, it costs time, money, energy, fear, etc., to to jump off your track and onto another one. And I, I think a lot of people just don't, and they were forced to reappraise everything because of COVID. Mm. Uh, let's see. Um, well, yeah, in fact, that's the three quarters of those who indicated that they were moving on said that they had re rethought their work situation during COVID. A great many, over half in several surveys, cite stress and burnout in their current position as a reason for looking elsewhere. Others point to uh, dissatisfaction, even fear caused by knee-jerk cost-cutting actions by their current employers in response to the COVID-19 related business slowdowns. It's it sucks working here now, in other words, and then the usual list of gripes. But then Inc., uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's INC. It's a business publication. Uh, they make the point that a lot of companies made the assumption that since there was a downturn, people would be desperate to keep their jobs so they could cut benefits. They could treat their uh, people like crap. They could fire a third of the workforce and make everybody work twice as hard. And it turned out to be the opposite. Because so much of life came to a halt, people had that, the conveyor belt had stopped Mm -hmm. feeling, and they were more able to objectively look at their circumstance, because everything else had stopped. Who saw that coming? Yeah. um, I'll I'll, I'll keep my personal details out of this, but I think a lot of that happened with um, all kinds of different things, including marriages from everything I read. People who thought, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm stuck on this track, and some people decided that this is not the track I want to be on. So here's my chance to get off all across wow. the country. You talk about uh, humans being more complicated and tough to predict. Because the Chinese unleashed a virus on the world that's going to kill millions of people, um, everybody kind of stepped outside themselves and, and reappraised everything. Yeah, it's interesting. Who, yeah, who knows? Um, I don't know how much we want to talk about this because so many details are not known, but Politico is reporting that it appears to be a suicide bombing. Not surprising to anyone. Um, I'm looking at the Twitter feed because in the mo- if you don't do Twitter, and I realize way over half of Americans aren't on Twitter at all, Twitter is a cesspool and will make you miserable. But 
on breaking news stories. It's the greatest thing that has ever happened. Thanks, Twitter. And so I immediately went to Clarissa Ward of CNN's Twitter feed. She's not in country. And she said, follow these people. And so I went to the people to follow there at the Kubul airport. And uh, one of them said, I was just at Abbey Gate, which I guess is where the explosion happened. I was just there until an hour ago after spending the last 24 hours without any luck uh, getting onto evacuation flights. The place is packed with thousands of families shoulder to shoulder. Can't imagine what it's like there right now. Um, Wow, that was one of the gates. The State Department had sent out a warning to Americans, if you're at these gates, leave now. And that was one of the gates. Explosion followed by gunfire, according to one reporter that appears to be there. Casualties are being feared. Sources tell me the gunfire and explosion both at the Abbey Gate of Kabul Airport. Fluid situation. Um, So this reporter is basically saying, I was just there. It's families, shoulder to shoulder, where the bomb went off. So... You know, we should all be prepared for some pretty awful news coming out of this. And just yeah. completely not surprising. Fox News is reporting at least three American troops wounded in the explosion. Oh, boy. Who knows? This is uh, this is going to be the story of the day on on this story, obviously. Oh, wow. It was, it was inevitable. And you wonder to what extent they were waiting for it to get just the crowded enough with enough families where they could do the maximum damage. I don't know. Or, or it could be a completely rogue ISIS-K member that the Taliban doesn't approve of at all. I have no idea. Well, as we are saying a couple of days ago, what was impossible to imagine was this ending well. This whole chaos. Already hadn't, but yeah. Uh, without it getting significantly worse. Yeah. And we got to have that clip handy all the time, Michael. All the time. You wouldn't change anything? No. You don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No. 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 There's nothing could have done differently. Eight months in, this administration is practically a lame duck, and it could be by the end of the day, could be just utterly discredited. Well, my guess would be, based on the past couple of weeks, that whatever this tragedy turns out to be, they're going to come out and say things that either aren't true or are horrible spin. Yeah, Uh, Because that's what they've been doing for a couple of weeks, rather than dealing with reality. Practically certainty. We will keep you updated on that. We'll get back to that list of Brandeis' banned words, just because it's so darned fun. And a whole bunch of... Everything woke turns to s***. And a whole bunch of other things. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is going to be one of my favorite teases of all time in the history of this show. Coming up next hour, Larry Elder's ex-girlfriend. Why are you talking to... If you don't... Larry Elder is a uh, conservative talk show host. He is running for governor in California in case the current governor gets recalled, which is about a coins flip right now. And the election is like in, what, two weeks? Week and a half? Um, Something like that. Nobody's sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the 14th of September. And uh, 
And uh, so uh, one of Larry Elder's ex-girlfriends has been saying awful things about him. He's got a different ex-girlfriend that wants to come out and, I think, say, wants to come on and say he's a good dude. So we'll see. Next hour. <laughs> so coming up next hour, Larry Elder's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> see if like we can get, tease. let's get an ex-girlfriend number one and have him debate. Oh, or wrestle. <laughs> wow. Wow. That so was, that was out of bounds. Turn toward the serious. The Twitter uh, reports coming straight out of Afghanistan, people that are there at the Kabul airport where there has been an explosion. Did you see the video on Fox last, last night of the people wading through the sewage up to their waists? That's where they have to wait in a sewage canal up to their waists. What? How, and how that is, wait reportedly second, is where they were blown up. Why do they have the gate right where people have to wait in line in sewage up to their waist? What kind of logistics is that? I'm being honest here. What's the? I don't. Do you know why? Well, I don't just you think put the, the area gate over here. It's like putting the toilet at your front door, so that when people come in, you're sitting on the toilet. I mean, how about you move I, the bathroom over there, away from the front door? Well, I just don't think there's physically enough space to accommodate the tens of thousands of people thronging to the the airport. They there there's not enough space in the non sewer canal areas, so they've spilled into the sewer canal. It's horrifying. I saw people wading through sewage up to their waists in a hundred degree sun. Can you imagine anything worse than that? Well, yeah, I can. Be, being blown up. So this is uh, the latest report through the Twitter. Afghans were vetted after their documents was. The blah, 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 was packed with Afghans, including women and children. A suicide attacker blew himself up in the middle of a large crowd. At least one more attacker started shooting multiple eyewitnesses in the area, and friends tell me, says this reporter. So there was at least one more person set up to start shooting at people after the suicide bomber set off their bomb. Uh, we'll get more details when they come in. But. but remember, no culture is better than any other culture. Blowing up women and children up to their waists in sewage is so that we have to value that. That's a, that's their beliefs. Uh, at least three U.S. troops wounded. Multiple people are reporting now. Well, we'll get the details when they come out. I'm sure it'll take a while to figure all that out. Oh my God, what a horrible! Speaking of situation. Afghanistan, uh, Peter Meyer, one of the Congress people who went on the uh, clandestine trip that we were talking about yesterday that has so angered the administration. Uh, he uh, did an interview with Brett Baer last night. We'll have some clips of that for you. I remain on his side and his colleague's side. I think it was a good and honorable thing they did and not uh, inexcusable and dangerous and a waste of resources like the uh, State Department and Department of Defense were whining. So I find it interesting that at the same time you've got something like what's going on in Afghanistan, where it's very clear that human nature is still the same as it always has been. We're 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 slightly more intelligent wolves. I mean, we're, we're violent and 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 selfish and capable of all these horrible horrible things. And then you got Brandeis University putting out of their list of words you're not allowed to say on campus. I mean, those two things are so far away from each other. You've got these people at a $70,000 a year college that think if you do away with the word picnic, somehow you're making the world a less violent, more loving place. You're so crazy. You're as crazy as that suicide bomber. You're as crazy as that person. 
You're just not there's ever been a There's never been a time in history when academia has been so divorced from reality and from uh, the society that it, it exists in. They're cultists. They're crazy. I think this is from last year's list that you couldn't use the word picnic because somebody claimed that hat white people used to sit on the lawn and eat while they watched lynchings. That has been debunked by a variety of people, but... Picnic is a perfectly okay word, but anyway, it's banned there at Brandeis University, along with rule of thumb. We talked about that one. The phrase, everything going on right now, is a white supremacy phrase, so you're not supposed to ever say that. Uh, Don't use tribe, you know, this whole tribalism or tribe thing, not cool. Say friends. Don't say, I'll take a shot at that, say give it a go. Don't say trigger warning, say content note, because the latter uh, trigger warning it has connotations of guns for many people. So now even a trigger warning is a trigger. And so you must warn people that Tr- there's a trigger warning. Folks, I'm going to talk about a trigger war. Hmm. Isn't that like uh, it's like when you have two mirrors reflecting each other infinitely? Where, where do you start? Yeah, I'm feeling triggered is something I and a lot of us had to learn like in the last 10 years. This whole notion and now you've decided that that your own words were wrong, which is kind of interesting. That's why they changed the oppressive language list to the suggested language list because the word oppressive was <laughs> some. They have, they're having to change their own words one year after they start the farce. Wow, you are clowning yourselves with an amazing level of skill. Really impressive. Yeah, and we'll we'll have the latest on this horrifying bombing at the Kabul airport and everything else coming up. and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Biden reportedly received a classified intelligence report yesterday that was inconclusive about the origins of the coronavirus, contradicting your uncle's report that AOC slept with a bat. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we should talk about that later, but we have this breaking news we got to get to. uh, Explosion at the Kabul airport. Everybody's calling it a suicide attack, so that doesn't seem to be any doubt. Um, Now, everybody is reporting that three U.S. troops were wounded I hope that this is just sloppy writing in this tweet from Disclosed TV. Disclosed TV, which I've been following now for a couple of weeks, are pretty good. Uh, but their tweet is, Explosion outside Kabul airport. At least 10 people were killed, including three U.S. soldiers, according to Israeli media. Now, they're the only people saying three U.S. soldiers were killed. Everybody else is saying wounded. So I hope that's just sloppy writing. Um, but, I mean, we're in the early moments after a suicide attack, so who the heck knows what the truth is? Yeah, yeah. But if if that would happen, and I hope it didn't, um, nobody else is reporting that, that turns that this into a heck of a story today uh, to deal with. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, heck of a reality. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll track that again. Though the the details are frequently uh, contradicted. But there, there was already there was already tremendous pressure on the White House with this whole idea of uh, you know the troops are just going to keep on doing the most dangerous job any of us have ever seen for you know another ten days or whatever. Just going to keep on doing it and hope for the best. And when the best has not happened, if that's what happened today, 
there's going to be a lot of questioning. Why? why what, what are we doing? Are we staying? Are we leaving? Why are we staying? Who, who are we helping? What's going on here? Why didn't you plan better? Why didn't we do it from the freaking uh, airfield that we had complete control of, where you wouldn't have had a terrorist attack? Well, the, the questions remain, but the stakes are, are raised considerably with uh, things going to S, as the kids say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is ugly. It's just an ugly, okay, now, ugly situation Politico, about to get uglier. Politico is saying an ISIS suicide bomber. So they're putting the suicide bombing on ISIS, which may very well be true. Uh, for all I know, the Taliban is going to, you know, uh, uh, denounce it at some point. I don't know. But I'll shut up about it for now until we have more details. So speaking of Afghanistan, you had the uh, two congresspeople, Seth Moulton, Democrat, Peter Meyer, Republican, who uh, went on a secret trip to the airport to personally observe what was going on. Both are vets, uh, both are members of the Armed Services Committee, and uh, and the Pentagon, the State Department, went crazy and said that was irresponsible and unwise and wasted resources and the rest of it. We had said that we believed uh, the uh, bureaucrats were just covering their ass and hated the idea of somebody actually checking on them and telling the truth. Uh, Meyer was on special report with Brett Barrett last night, and uh, he defended his actions, among other things. Let's just start with clip 50, Michael. And in April, when President Biden announced that he was continuing the initial plan for withdrawal that started under President Trump, uh, we urged the administration to address this backlog. We had to know what was going on on the ground in Kabul. And we have not had information we need from the administration um, and realized that we were being lied to up and down and we needed to see for ourselves. As we had said, and then he describes the the actual situation at the airport in 51. The gates to the airport are unlike anything I've ever seen. It is a throng of individuals, oftentimes thousands deep, desperate for a new life, desperate for opportunity, mixed in with the, with you know random individuals who may be desperate but don't have a document or status, you know, are oftentimes American citizens and soldiers and Marines try to pull them out. I mean, it is a chaotic, uh, just incredibly dangerous and volatile mix. Individuals have been trampled to death. I just heard of a two-year-old girl, of an um, interpreter who worked for the U.S. military who was trampled. Um, we are putting our soldiers and Marines in impossible situations, but they are living up to their code, and, and we should be proud of how they are with discipline and responsibility dealing with this incredibly horrific and, and impossible situation. So, you know, he was talking about this difficult and horrific situation before the explosions today, which was, you know, obviously what he was worried about. But, oh, my God. So uh, just in, there's now been an explosion at a hotel nearby. So a second explosion. Um, <sighs> wow. So ISIS has decided to challenge the Taliban, be the right terminology? Do the, the work the Taliban won't do? God knows whether they are in league or opposing each other because they fought in the past. Who knows? Who knows? So getting back to the... Yeah. Uh, but so the, he, uh, he was talking about the the horrible situation at the Kabul airport. Now, the, the point is um, the horrible situation that Afghanistan is in and, and, and how did we get there and how did we allow this to happen. I just saw this tweet. Actually, Richard Engel put it out from some um, somebody in country, a foreign reporter, with this video, and it looks like it's Kabul Airport. 
And the person said, this is not Kabul airport. This is spin Boldak border where thousands and thousands of people wanting to flee Afghanistan are trying to get into Pakistan. The situation here is far worse than the situation at the Kabul airport. But because there are no foreign forces here, it's not been covered by the media. And the video is unbelievable. It's like that video we put out of the Kabul airport last week only expanded 10 times of people at a border point trying to get into Pakistan, and there'll be suicide attackers attack that at some point, too. And there are probably a lot of those, or I don't know, but I would guess it's a lot of the uh, people that helped us that know they're going to be killed by the Taliban. There's no way to get out. They're trying to get out a different way. Well, and as some analysis I was reading pointed out uh, this morning, the pa- Pakistan was the Taliban's biggest sponsor. They're they're friends. They are in bed together. They absolutely are. And uh, Pakistan is one of the weirdest relationships. I think our our relationship with our relationship with Pakistan is one of the weirdest that's ever existed. We are frenemies, but mostly enemies. Just very strange. We can do more on that if you want. Um, but anyway, Kevin McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi both whined at the uh, the Congress not to go. Don't go again. I think it was a beautiful example of getting forgiveness and not permission. Yep. Uh, and then, I think uh, I, I and they have stated themselves that they were on planes that were not full. So this whole they took seats away from people. It sounds like crap to me. It's bunk. Yeah. Fifty three, Michael. I'll be honest. I did not support the decision to end our operations on August 31st before I went. After talking with commanders on the ground, I trusted their judgment. And I believed it. That is what I want to take back to my fellow members of Congress. Those are the stories that I want to tell that aren't being told of the individuals on the ground who are committing some of the most heroic acts I have seen in my life. And to uh, Jack's point, in the uh, the entirety of the corporate media repeated the, like the parrots they are, repeated the idea that these guys, they, they used seats that could have brought people out of Afghanistan and were needed for our troops. Clip 54. When you flew in, you did so non-military. When you flew out, you didn't fly on a military plane, and you are on your way back to the U.S. We, we did fly in a military plane on the way out at the encouragement of individuals who were there. Uh, we waited for a plane that had open seats to make sure that we didn't take away anything from individuals who needed it uh, and actually went several hours out of our way. Uh, we're currently in uh, Doha. Uh, we visited Alu Dade Air Base earlier, which is one of the largest staging operations for this mass evacuation. Again, to be able to report what is going on so that Congress can not only exhibit oversight, but share and understand what resources need to be provided to those who are on the ground right now so they can continue to save lives in this chaotic moment. Well, we live in a post-truth world, so Nancy Pelosi saying they took seats from Americans or Afghans trying to flee is the only thing you saw if you watch CNN and MSNBC. So you'll that's your truth, and uh, that's the way things work. And she knows that, and smart politicians know this now, that you don't ha- your facts don't have to line up with other people's facts because you're only speaking to you know a siloed crowd that's only going to hear your voice so there you go right you won't be challenged so yeah that's fine anyway i say well done fellas well done go get the truth bring it back so uh as i mentioned there there has been a suicide bombing outside a gate at the kabul airport right there in that if you saw the videos yesterday of people walking in sewage up to their waist that drainage canal uh somebody set off a bomb there there are now, they're saying 13 dead. Um, then a second explosion went off 
at the Barron Hotel near the Kabul airport where Americans were rescued last week. Don't know if there are more Americans still there. A disclosed TV is saying four more U.S. service personnel may have been injured or killed in the explosions outside the airport. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was an explosion slash shooting, which is a right. fairly common technique where you set off a bomb, hurt and kill as many people, and then as people flee from it, you mow them down. Yeah, so there are somewhere between three and seven U.S. service personnel injured or killed. It'll take a while to figure this out, but uh, this is going to change the story a lot, I think, for uh, people's view of this whole thing. How do, how do you feel about the... Um, getting Americans out and leaving the others behind. I mean, do we do we just prioritize Americans first? Obviously, wish we could get everybody out, but if you can't, you can't. You got to get the Americans out first. I assume by everybody you mean Americans and people who directly worked with us, as opposed to just Afghans who have no interest in living under the Taliban. Well, so there was a report yesterday. Where did I hear that? It was a legit source, or I wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have taken the notes down. But of the eighty thousand people, the White House is uh, bragging about getting out of there. Eighty thousand. Most of them are not Americans or those special passport people. Most of the eighty thousand are just other people wanting to get out. Right. So, of the. 100,000 people that helped us and are Americans, I don't know how many of those are the 80,000. So that's, that is going to get, that'll take a while for those numbers to shake out. But getting out 100,000 people by the end of today, but most of them are just Afghan citizens who wanted to get out, and we've decided to pay for it and, uh, and let you out. I don't know. I don't, know how, well, I don't know how much credit you're going to get for that. Well, your your answer on a different question. I mean, you deserve some sort of credit, I suppose, from some sort of from some people. But that's not what the country has been uh, yelling for, calling. That's for, not what the mission is. See. That's not what right. the mission is that they're talking about every single day at the Pentagon and the State Department. So they're fulfilling a different mission than what everybody's asking about and what they're briefing us on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, the number of Americans actually in country has weirdly shrunk from eight to 13,000 to now just 1,500 remaining. The State Department has estimated whether that number is is, uh, accurate, fairly accurate or a complete work of fiction. I have no idea. Bill Rogio, who is with the Long War Journal. Uh, tweeting, the U.S. military and the president assured us that the Taliban could be trusted to secure the evacuation. Is the Taliban going to come out and say, look, we're dealing with ISIS here. They're crazy people. I mean, it's hard to stop crazy people. I mean, the Taliban working with ISIS against ISIS. Well, they just announced that there were 13 dead. The Taliban just did. So they're acting like the government there. Um, I, I don't know, and and we'll never know. I mean, they might claim that, oh, the evil ISIS came in, they snuck in under the cover of darkness, we've been looking out for them, but we missed these, uh, when indeed they put them up to it, uh, you know, in the name of Allah. Who knows? Uh, German Air Force has just left Kabul Airport after the explosions. We're getting out of here. Okay. Well, there might be a lot of that. Yeah, I... 
I, I could easily see our formal military presence going away as quickly as, as humanly possible, um, as is humanly possible, and then we will just have to get word to Americans, um, we're going to show up at midnight on Hill Number 4 outside of town. Wow. You know, be there, that sort of thing. Just, you know, Israeli-style extrication of our people. Wow. There'll be I don't know what option is left. There'll be movies made about some of these rescues. Oof. Well, I'll tell you one thing I'm not going to do in my life. I'm not going to go set up shop in a war-torn country as a computer programmer or something like that. Yeah. Hope for the best with my family. Uh, Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Latest and a whole bunch of other stuff on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, we're looking at the breaking news of a couple of uh, terrorist attacks at the, right outside the Kabul airport, right outside one of the gates where all the people were gathered, like just shoulder-to-shoulder families, men, women, and children. And then another bomb went off at the hotel nearby. There are some reports of 13 dead, um, U.S. service members injured or dead. Most people are saying injured, but, you know, details are as sketchy as you can imagine. I guess there is a horrific video of the aftermath making the rounds. Uh, I haven't seen it. I will not seek it out. But nope. they say everybody's seen it says there are way more than 13 dead. Yeah, well, that happens a lot with these kind of attacks. Uh, you know, initial reports are eight and it ends up being 110. I mean, that happens all the time. So who knows? Pretty awful, though. It's going to change the calculation of withdrawal and pressure on the president to get us out of there one way or another. I mean, most Congress people, according to Politico, Republicans and Democrats, are of the mindset, screw the deadline. We stay until we get people out. Will that change after today? To Today, does it change to screw the deadline? Let's get out today. Let's get out now. Yeah, yeah. Some people are keeping their sense of humor in the midst of all this horror. The Babylon Bee, for instance, with the headline, Taliban opens chain of U.S. Army surplus stores. Oof. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Executive producer Hanson just said, any chance they used some of our own uh, munitions and guns to kill these people? That would be quite the irony, right? If they used just expert, top shelf, you know, fresh out of the container bomb stuff from a good old Uncle Sam. To kill these people. It's certainly possible. Because they got billions and billions of dollars worth of our stuff. Um, mm. I got a COVID test here in front of me. Remember, we got exposed to COVID last week, so Joe and I might have the COVID. I don't think either one of us do. And I'm trying to take the home COVID kit here. Hansen said he bought this for 20 bucks. He had exactly the same thing done to him at the clinic for 150 Then he went to the store and bought the exact same kit for $20. So. Oh, that's funny. We're going to talk to Craig, the healthcare guru, coming up at the top of the next hour uh, about the ridiculous, bizarre pricing of medical care in the United States. Using medium pressure, rub the swab against all of the inside walls of your nostril. Make five big circles. Do not just spin the swab. No, no, the big circles are key. Each nostril must be swabbed for about 15 seconds. Right. Okay. 
So I got a good Schwaben. Got to work on that. I don't like this artist's rendering of a nose that they've got here, but they've really tried to make it easy with pictures and small words for people like me. Well, I'll try to figure this out. You're supposed to have results in 15 minutes to see if you got COVID or not. You're not going to swab it right now? Get to swab it. I haven't gotten all the stuff. I can't figure out how to Big open the package. circles. Come uh, on. <laughs> don't just spin it in your nostril. you got to go around the complete outside wall of your nostril. I have very big nostrils. So next hour is going to be really interesting. If you can't get it live, make sure you grab it via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. But not only will we be uh, engaging in an intelligent and, and unprecedented, uh, unique and exclusive analysis of healthcare pricing in America, we'll also talk to Larry Elder's ex-girlfriend. Of course we will. I think we should put them together. Let's have our healthcare expert, Craig, and Larry Elder's ex-girlfriend on at the same time. Just to kill two birds with one stone. Oh, sorry, Brandeis University, to feed two birds with one seed. That's impossible. Of course, killing two birds with one stone is highly unlikely, too. Takes a good shot. You're a good stone chucker. You can pull that off. I say if you can kill one bird with a stone, (laughs) I'll give you a shiny nickel. That would not be... How many people have ever killed a bird with a rock? That would be hard to pull off. Well, I'm picturing like you got a bunch of chickens, right, in a pen. Okay. And maybe, you know, the stone in question is like a 25-pound boulder, and you just hurl it in there. You oh, okay. Know. Okay. I, I, okay. I was picturing but more the, of a hunting than a slaying sort of thing. Well, I agree. I agree. And that's an odd expression. The more than one ways to skin a cat is inexplicable. Evidently, cat skinning more of a thing back in the day than it is, you know. It is a gruesome saying that uh, you don't need to dwell on when you're trying to make a point. Right. If right. there, if if we're just saying there's more than one way to do this, why don't we just use that? Armstrong and Getty.